there is a reckoning. There is something coming and something dying and something, you know, it's so, the feeling is so strong that if you are used to living in survival, you reach out for everything, for things, but still from a place of what can I grab to be saved, to be better, to not feel in danger, to, you know, so there's a lot of parts. It wasn't until I realized that it's not power over, it's power in. So doing that, taking that perception of life where what I need is not out there, it's in here. And from there, I provide myself with what I need. Prophecies have foretold, and wisdom keepers all know, that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity, so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Hey, beautiful beings, Lauren here. I hope that the holidays have been going well and that as we move into this winter season, if you are indeed listening to this episode during the winter, that you can slow down, that you can really nourish yourself and come back to self after so much doing and growing and producing and take the time to really appreciate how much you've grown and start to allow your body to integrate all that you've learned. For myself, I'm excited for some time to reflect and rest, as well as contemplate what comes next for Global Sisterhood. You know, Shayna and I have been holding this together for a really long time, and we've trained, at this point, thousands of women around the world, and it's so great and wonderful, and we're super into it. And we's a little tired, so we are going to be just trying to slow down a little bit during this season and think of creative ways and to do the work differently, to really live in the feminine and to really, yeah, birth something that's sustainable, that's lasting, that feels an integrity with what we want to be taking place in the world and also something that nourishes us and all the people who are participating within it. And that means you. And one of the things we've been thinking about is this podcast. We had this feeling that this podcast was going to be awesome, just being able to talk to all these women and have the conversations we really want to have. And what we have found is the joy and the surprise that you all are really liking it too. And so we want to keep the podcast going. We want the podcast to thrive and flourish. And 
We want to bring on more and more incredible, diverse perspectives and get edgier and get rawer and get realer and continue this journey as a learning that we can all go on together. And so with that being said, we've thought about the sustainability of the podcast and we thought about, okay, what if we have a Patreon and we can have women who are really into it donate? Then we thought about a value of ours and how we believe in a feminine economy. We believe in a feminist economy. We believe women supporting women, people supporting women-owned businesses. And so we thought long and hard about what it would be like to bring on some sponsors to the podcast, which would mean introducing commercials. And for us, and for me in particular, if we were to do that, which we have decided we're going to, we want to do it with women who we know who we really love, who we trust, who they are, and how they're not even like, not even their product, but how the intentionality behind their product, how they're going about creating and living that's changing the frequency of our planet. And so today's episode is with a guest who's also a dear friend and who is now our first sponsor. Her name is Marcella Siegel. And Marcella has been with us since day one. Since the very first launch of Global Sisterhood, when we had that global meditation, she found Global Sisterhood and wept and cried. And she just knew that she wanted to lead circles. And she had never done anything like that before. And this woman just started leading the circles. I mean, she is integral to this movement. And circles began changing her. She began learning all sorts of different skill sets. I mean, this woman has been trained in so many different things. She became a global sisterhood facilitator, a warrior goddess facilitator, a color of women intentional creativity teacher, a sun door firewalker instructor, a moon mother under the womb blessing movement. I mean, she has dove in, in and all to heal herself. I mean, that's what we all do. We, we dive in to heal ourselves. And her journey began with being a woman from Latin America, a young woman who wanted a new life for herself because of trauma in her past. And she immigrated to Miami on her own. And not only did she immigrate to Miami and learn the language, she built an empire for herself. She built a commercial real estate empire that was focused on giving back to the community. And then from there and all that she had gone through and overworking and overgiving, she began to have health challenges. And it was in trying so many things, going the route of functional medicine, doing all of the things we do, that opened her eyes to that type of holistic healing. But it was really the emotional work and the sisterhood work that brought it all together. And now she has done all of this work for so long and has created an incredible CBD company called goddesswell.co that is integrating ritual and women's work and it's a cbd company that is focused on women's health womb health menstrual health menopause health sexual health and shana and i love the product and so you will hear us speak more about it in the coming months but at first we just thought we'd want to introduce to you marcella let you hear her story And perhaps her story will inspire you in your own way with whatever dream you're cooking up or idea that you're sitting with. 
and to birth it in the world. Because if she can and I can, you can, we all can. And together we can create products and companies and movements and families and, and networks that really help create a new paradigm on earth. Time of the feminine. All of us together. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this interview with Marcella Siegel. Welcome, welcome, Marcella. Hi, ladies. Hi, Laurie. Hi, Shana. How are you? We're doing good. I think Shana might have a little bit of a cold. Are you Are you doing well, Shana? Marcella, it's just so good to be here with you. I don't care that I have a cold. I'm just so grateful to be here with you. I feel like you've been one of our number one champions and always a light for us. And so thank you so much for being here. It's such an honor. Oh, thank you so much. So you actually can say the same, like the Global Sisterhood. I'm so grateful to have found you when I did. It just changed the whole direction of my life. Mm. And that's what it's all about, right? Like all of us are doing it together, supporting one another. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that change. And then maybe let's start back when you were a successful real estate agent. What was your lifestyle like? How are you spending your time? And what was the reality of your emotional situation kind of being in that realm? I was self-taught. I first was a real estate agent and I always, still today, uh, consider freedom of everything, time, independence to do what we pleased. I consider that so important. So I did not want to work for corporations or other people. So that's why I got in the first place my real estate license. But then that wasn't the case. It was very time consuming and crazy. And so I went to a seminar and I found commercial real estate. And at the time, I was uh, not happy with being so busy and working on weekends and not being able to be with my daughters. I have twin daughters. That was my, my main purpose at the time. I wanted to pay attention to them. So I talked to who was my husband at the time. And I invested in a property in 2004. And then I started a journey and I became an investor. So, you know, it came with a lot of challenges because I didn't know how to do it. I just learned as time went by, I made a lot of mistakes and it was very stressful because it is uh, the financing, uh, financial world and the real estate world. There's a lot of women on that to sell real estate. But when you go into banks and all of that, it's mostly men. And, and it's in commercial real estate. It's like very cutthroat. If you make a mistake, you're responsible and, you know, you just deal with it. So as years went by, I grew exponentially. So from the first property to the last one I purchased, I had a team of six employees. I was managing my own properties. And because I thought that was my calling, and I always have the strike of helping or being in service, I specialized in low-income housing. So I was working mostly with single moms. I was providing shelter homes for people that got out of shelters. I work with women's shelters and I really put all of me into what I do. So I couldn't separate my emotions 
from the business. And I always try to provide the best environment, the best situations. I was very stressed out, very stressed out. I worked in really tough neighborhoods and I was present. So I wasn't an absentee landlord. I was really present working with the, the city, with, with everything, the police, and <laughs> it involved a lot of stressful situations. And it was beautiful at the same time to see people flourish and get a chance to have a, a home and get a job. At the time, I was in a relationship, my marriage, which I care for deeply, was not in the place that I thought it had to be. And so that the whole thing together provoked all these emotional and physical challenges. And I guess at the same time, we don't know that change is coming, but in a way we can sense it. I was always searching to be better, to feel better, to give more, to be in service. So that was there already. It's just that it was uh, not supporting me in any way at the time. So, and that translated at work, at home. So the whole situation, I think it, be it begins with stress and then, you know, the physical follows. I it got to a point where I got really sick. <laughs> yeah, I want to stop you right there, Marcella, and just say thank you. Because even though like maybe you've changed your path from what you were doing before, the amount of care and the amount of hard work that you had to do to support these people is incredible. And so I just want to honor you for doing that work because one, you're a badass and you're going into a male-dominated industry, which is like really hard on its own. And then you were doing as the feminine wants to do, like stepping into one of these situations and instead of exploiting, you're giving. And I think the next part of the story is learning about how you learn to give back to yourself and to give <laughs> to others. <laughs> so I'm excited to go into that. But first oh, yeah. of all, I just want to honor you and say thank you for that oh, because it's badass. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was very proud of it. After I discovered the global sisterhood and after I started all my, my transformation, I started building that into. So I would go and give books to the, to the women. That's what the, the whole shift started for me. I actually wanted to start circles. So it was a, a way of refining in aligning with, with the purpose and being in a, in a place where I felt that I could give back to myself first and then from there share. Mm, I can so relate to you. And also just to second what Shana said about all the work you did in community. That's just so important. And I think it's a real testament of character for all of us and for you who want to give back to the community. And I know that many of our listeners, they're oriented in that way, wanting to serve and give. And so I just want to thank you. And it leads me to want to ask the question, in your service, in your building, in managing your past experiences, your trauma, plus just doing so much, you found yourself feeling burnt out and you were experiencing a lot of maybe unprocessed emotions. And while you were exploring natural remedies, 
you also found Global Sisterhood. And so what happened there? What took place then? Well, let me add also that I didn't know what the word empath was <laughs> at the time. <laughs> then when I learned about being an empath, I had to learn to cultivate a boundary and an energetic boundary. And then all of the shamanic work and, te- you know, learning that I did afterwards helped me exponentially to stay in my center. So I started getting sick. I was diagnosed in 2005 and I got into regular, uh, I went to a regular doctor, endocrinologist. They gave me medication and I got better with the medication, kind of, you know, work with the symptoms. Then that medication provoked, I thought provoked an arrhythmia, symptomatic. Like every day, my heart will go to 200 in like at any time during the day. And I won't tell any, I wouldn't tell anybody because I didn't want to scare anybody, but I was scared to death. And, you know, that went on for a long period of time, almost eight years that I couldn't find. I got an ablation. I went on medication, you name it. So then it occurred to me that it was something else. I'm like, there's something else here. And I guess it, it was a nudge of my soul, a nudge of my, you know, emotional body saying, okay, enough, enough, enough. Like you need to, you know, look somewhere else. So that I didn't pay attention to. I didn't know how, really, I didn't know how. So I went to regular psychotherapy, which it helped a little bit. It gave me more of a hint. You know what I'm thinking of with that? really fast beating heart. It's that without the energetic, emotional rooted work, and we're going to speak about the womb work that you've done too. It's like the heart thinks that it's an engine that can keep on going forever and ever and ever and ever. And it just was like overworking and not supported by the depth of you, the more like watery, emotional, feminine wisdom aspect of you. So I think that's really interesting, like that overgiving and the rapid heart. Yes. I was thoroughly ungrounded and in fear and it was crazy. So when, you know, fast forward, the first thing I I did, I changed to functional medicine. So it helped a little bit. They changed that medication, which was the same kind of, but a little better. And I was taking 13 supplements a day that make me gag every morning. (laughs) So I was miserable. I was miserable, but I was trying. So then it's when I went all berserk with, I started making my own cleaning products because there was a lot of toxicity. But, you know, the biggest toxicity was in my life, in my emotional life. And I could not address it because I was so afraid of losing my family, of breaking up everything. And I knew I was on the verge of something crazy. Because I was feeling crazy, right? That's what, how it progressed. So I bought all these books. I started working with essential oils and with herbs, making my teas. I went all organic. I, I went all crazy that way. I, okay. I started meditating. That's how it started. So I started these meditations, the 21 day challenge with Deepak Chopra. So I will sit there and listen, right? And I started feeling a change right? I'm like, oh, there's something here. And I started listening to all this beauty and all this 
inner world started kind of emerging, right? And I'm like, okay, this is very beautiful, but it's so dissonant to what I'm living. So, you know, you resisted. I, I didn't know what to do with that, right? So the first thing I did was, and this is not a coincidence, I fell in love with Deepak. I'm like, okay, this is my saving grace right here, right? The whole thing, the whole inner world, inner meditation and all this. So off I go to California to a workshop in San Diego. And the funniest thing is the first time that he tries to do a workshop only for women. I totally went in, totally went in. I was so happy. And I cried the whole weekend and I hugged everybody. And I realized that, and I still believe today, that the connection with other women was so pivotal in understanding that everybody was going through the same thing, that this was something that it was mine, but that it was learned and that there was a way out. So I set my intentions. I was so open that my intentions were so clear, even if I didn't know what was coming, right? So it's funny because I found that paper that I wrote in, that was 2015, okay? I wrote in that paper something, I still have it, something about being in with women or I don't know what it was, but I came back to my own life and my arrhythmia started subsiding and I started feeling better and I'm like, okay, there's a path here. So that was uh, May 2015 because it was for my birthday. And in March of 2016, five days before you do your first global sisterhood event, I don't know how in hell that came into my computer. Your invitation to do circles. And I remember I click on the video. I started sobbing, sobbing, because I have this clear message, this clear feeling in my whole being that that's what I wanted to do. That was it. <laughs> so... I started buying. Yes, it was incredible. That was like the biggest, that was the beginning of everything. Like when I, I gave it a name and a practice on my own, you know, I never been in a circle of women. It's hard for me to follow people. I like to dive in and lead, but the circle gave me this place where we are all equals mm -hmm. and I don't have to be performing and like, which I've been all my life, you know, I've been pretty much doing my own business, doing my own thing, being a leader, having employees. This gave me a place to rest. And I just call my, you know, my friend Fanny, that does my hair and another friend that used to do yoga with me and my two girls. And I did my first circle. On March 8th, 2016, and I was crying the whole time. I was so, you have no idea. I mean, I mean, I told uh, Lauren before this and, and it was the best experience ever. And 
I grew in my Newman circles. I practiced, I grew, I learned, I dove in with the sisters. So I want to reflect on this journey with you, Marcella, because I feel so much resonance in what you shared with my path. And I've never heard your story in detail like this before, but I've been realizing a lot of things about my path. And I'm curious if we reflect if, if it's, if you feel similarly, but, um, you know, I also used to work in corporate and I also suffered with health things and, and then I also found a lot of my path through meditation. So it was kind of like the same buzz keywords that kind of were, were true for both of us. And the way I've been looking at it is that we're each like given a, a path. And for whatever reason, we were on our path and there was a part of our soul that wasn't fully being recognized. And so that causes like health issues. And the more I've stepped into my soul's knowing and purpose and my intuition and my gifts, the healthier I am. And like, I see that in you too. The second you start working with women and you're in this space, all of a sudden your heart calms. It's like this, this understanding of like, I'm home and depending what you believe in, but like we talk about the great mother, like the mother's brought me to this place where I can be with my sisters again and I can be myself again and I can kind of step into my gifts and we can all heal together. So I'm, yeah, I love hearing this, Marcella. Oh my God. I'm from Argentina. I'm 55. So we're not the same generation. We're not the same from the same culture. And we have so much in common. What I would say is that I started paying a lot of attention on how everything impacted my body. And what really made a big change, one of the things, I had a big fear of speaking up. My autoimmune was in my throat, so it's a thyroid condition. So I started putting pieces together and with intention really believing that there is a lot more to what we are told when we have any condition. And through different rituals and exercises, I was able to get to the root and actually to a, when exactly my voice was shut down. It was when I was eight years old. And, you know, I'm not Embarrassed to say that I had a lot of abuse in my life when I was a kid and when I was a teenager. And, and then I liberated from that at 22. I traveled to Miami for the first time. And then I went back to my country and in silence, I prepared. And four months later, I told everybody I was going to the dentist and I took a one-way ticket and left. That's how I migrated to the States when I was 22, to start over. So I have the courage, and I was passionate, and I was optimistic, and I, I believed in my abilities to survive. It's just that then I repeated the patterns in, in more conspicuous ways, and then I couldn't get out of survival, ever. Oh my God, I so relate to you. I relate to you. I think our formative year trauma it just finds sneaky ways to manifest and keep creating a cage for us, the self-created yeah. cage unintentionally. And 
that's been my journey too, of like learning how to, to make my way out of that cage. And you said the word ritual, that through ritual, you began to get to the root of what caused the problem. And I want to dive in a little bit there because ritual for me has saved my life, absolutely saved my life. I want to also point out like you went through, you're like, I went crazy. I was making all my cleaning products. I was doing all these things with herbs. I was doing all these things with essential oils. And I know women in that kind of neurotic phase where mm-hmm. they are focusing so much on the external, the diet, going totally with all the supplements, doing all of yes. those things to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. And those things are so wonderful to do, but they have to be in conjunction with the ritual. They have to be in conjunction with the emotional work. And the emotional work is the hardest part to do. It's the scariest thing to lean into. So it's so much easier to just exhaust ourselves doing all of the things externally And that's what we're also taught because of the scientific method, right? When we isolate matter from the whole, we think that matter and anything we can quantify is the thing that's going to set us free or the thing that's going to have result. But there's so much of the energetic, so much of the feminine that we haven't built into the way we think about health or even mental wellness or psychology because we've applied the scientific method to the way we view psychology. And so all of that to say, I want to go back to women's circles and I want to go back to that first women's circle and then what happened there. So keeping all of this in mind, for those of you who don't know, Global Sisterhood launched in 2016 with a campaign video. This is the video that Marcella saw and just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. Put it in the show notes. It will be in the show notes. Okay. It will be in the show notes. You'll probably cry too. It's a really good video. And it's a video that came from a really deep prayer. I went into multiple ceremonies and I I asked if I could have a platform to speak to women, what would you create or have me say? And it was really a call to come together and heal. And this is pre-Me Too. And it really took fire. It really reached women's hearts. And that's what started the global sisterhood, which was only supposed to be a single event. We had no vision for the future, no business plan, nothing. And it was just a call for women to gather in circle to lead a circle. And at the time, women's circles were not that known. People didn't really know about them. And now they're super everywhere. So we're really proud of that. We're really proud that the mother has awakened that in so many people and that we got to support with that. The call is to come together, take off our masks and really be together. And that's the call that you heard and you knew you had already channeled at your Deepak Chopra event. Like I have to do something with women. Then you gathered, not knowing how to lead a circle. You took our guidebook we gave you, you figured it out. And then she was one of many women. We had 650 women's circles take place in over 65 countries. And then she was like, I'm going to do this every month. And we started creating rituals and resources with different themes that were pertinent to a woman's healing. And she just was one of those women who were like, I'm going to do this. And without any training whatsoever, she taught herself before she took our official training. And she's held space for women in her community, like she's always been doing, but in a more nourishing, sustainable, deep emotional way. And I want to talk about 
just that that process for you, what it was like leaning in to leading and also performing ritual and how that ended up helping your health. That circle, oh my goodness, and what came afterwards. So when I started having to do the circles, I will put so much into them, so much love, so much everything. The flowers, the candles, the this, the details, the smells, the rituals will have. I mean, I will go shopping to with for things to, to what to give in the circle and what to, and I would prepare food. And that was, I mean, I was in love with it. <laughs> and at the same time, I will have to go repeatedly to the bathroom before because it scared the hell out of me. Because I knew how important this was and the effects of it. I could foresee after the second or third circle, I could see how people open. And I was like, oh my God, do I know how to hold? There was so much that I needed to learn. So my life became a ritual. It wasn't the other way around. I wasn't doing a ritual in the morning or a ritual at night. Like you said before, this crazy race when we feel that there is a reckoning, there is something coming and something dying. And the feeling is so strong that if you are used to living in survival, you reach out for everything, for things, but still from a place of what can I grab to be saved, to be better, to not feel in danger. It wasn't until I realized that it's not power over, it's power in. Taking that perception of life where what I need is not out there, it's in here. And from there, I provide myself with what I need. So that was one of the major changes that helped me calm down and be grounded because I depended on my own devices on my being and not of what I could produce or do to feel better. I mean, it's still a journey, right? These deep-seated behaviors keep coming back. And actually, I think the biggest wisdom right now for me is to understand that and to not judge it. Just, hey, this is part of it. This is part of me, but I know how to deal with it and come back to myself. My life is a ritual. Changing from that woman that was so successful in business. And it's funny, funny enough, when I had everything, when I thought I had everything, like the dream, the husband, the, mar the long marriage, the daughters, the awesome house, the, the body, the health, the business, everything fell apart. <laughs> Absolutely everything fell apart. And I was okay with it. You've touched on some very important spiritual points. I think one is that of the spiral, you know, that you're revisiting mm -hmm. these, these old patterns, but they're coming to you in a new way. And, you know, it's like each time you revisit, you've grown. So it's like 
in revisiting this place, but you're not the same anymore. And the situation's no longer the same, but it's still going to come with the same tests. Maybe not the same, but you know what I mean? It's going to come with a similar kind of energy. And I'm happy you spoke about that because it's, it's real. And I think the trap is thinking that you haven't moved. And so then maybe you're hard on yourself and then maybe you don't overcome these same obstacles. And then the next thing you shared is the ritual, life as a living ritual. Because I think what I see a lot in social media and amongst like the 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 fresh baby spiritual community, not that I'm like some like old wise one, but I I see that there's a way of like being spiritual in a certain setting, but the spiritual maybe has some performative aspects and is some kind of like, this is me being spiritual. And it's like, you're all of a sudden spiritual. And then the rest of your life, you're a human, like normal, but it's not, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's not how this works. You know, it's like all times, all places, all people, you know, no matter where you are, no matter what's happening, like you don't have to be in ceremony to be having a spiritual experience. You just have to open your eyes. You have to open your ears. You have to open your heart. And so I'm happy you spoke about how you practice your life as that, because those are the people I trust. Well, I have two things to say about that. One that comes to mind is going back to the body. Whatever you learn, it's not a concept. It has to go through the body. And that's how I, I started feeling the growth or the change that gave me hope that I was going to heal, that I was in the right place and path and all that. And the second thing, when I started this, applying all this, I could say today that I don't have one person in my life that is not aligned with what I believe and who I am. And what you said, since now I shifted and into doing a different type of business, right? That is connected. I'm very, very careful with whom I share and, and how I want to keep the integrity of the spirituality and everything going. It's very important. The communities that I belong to, they're real people. They have integrity and they're real. You can, you can feel it. So spirituality as, as well as CBD, as well as a lot of these new modalities that came a few years ago, as we know it today, it has a performance side, but I can smell it from a mile away. And I, and I don't criticize they're doing a, a good thing, I guess, but, but you can, you can feel what's real and what's not. I think women's circles are the best training for that. Okay, I want to dive into Goddess Well now. What I love about Goddess Well is the integrity and the intentionality and the focus on women, women's health, women's hormones, and also women's well-being and pleasure and the ritual component with it. Because what I started to say last time in my experience is that when I... I'm not paying attention to the herbs I ingest or the like sacred medicine that I ingest. It doesn't work for me. 
when I commune with it, when I enter into a conscious, intentional space with the herbs or the medicine and develop a relationship with it and ask it what I need help with, it really works for me. It really wants to provide. And I think that what you've created with Goddess Well and the intentionality and ritualistic nature, utilizing CBD for women, taking care of their wombs and their hearts and their bodies is so beautiful and really needed and unique. And so I'd love for you to talk about that. Yes. I love to talk about Goddess Well. And to get to that, I want to briefly talk about the latest part of my life, which was when I got into menopause and I was doing all this women's work and I was in an unhappy marriage and my sex life was non-existent or created a lot of resentment. So I couldn't just, you know, relate that way with my ex-husband. And also I had a lot of conditioning about it for the abuse that I have, you know, when I was a teenager. So in 2019, I divorced after 25 years. And it was my decision. And it was the hardest thing that I ever done because it was the end of my dream of having a family, which was what I didn't have when I was a girl because my parents divorced when I was 12 and yada, 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 right? That was like, oh my goodness. But it I was going to die if I didn't do it, literally. I could not not do it. And it had to do at the same time with that not being able to speak out of fear of abandonment. Deep, 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 terrifying feeling of fear of being abandoned. So at that time is when I discovered when this came from and I was able to unravel it and I started like only my voice at this level, right? So when I, after that, I was already in menopause, being a little symptomatic and, and that. And I realized or I decided or I felt for myself that I needed to heal in a relationship. So I pretty much, I think I called in my new boyfriend after some months. And at the same time, I said, okay, I'm doing all this work for women, the circles. I already purchased the property to open the center. I was all like, this is it. But I realized that I was disconnected from my sexuality. So second chakra or sacral chakra was totally shut down. <laughs> I don't have time for this. And then I realized that I, I need it because it was my, my libido, everything was going th- towards work and towards other things. And I wanted to change that. At the same time, I met the community of Shiloh, Intentional Creativity, and I connected back to my love for art and painting. And I've seen your paintings and they're beautiful. Yeah. And that, oh my goodness, talk about flow. That opened a new world. And then in in 2020, in 2019, I get to know about CBD and I see that it works wonders, right? So one day it just dawned on me. I'm like, I know some, I was using uh, plant medicine for my own menopause situation. 
So I thought, what about putting this together, right? Because CBD, it's calming properties and anti-inflammatory properties and pain relieving properties and, you know, all these things that we know, it helps with sleep. So I started looking more into it and researching and there's no end to the benefits, right? So one day I'm like, okay, I think I'm onto something here. So I grabbed all my books and started looking into specific ingredients and plants. And at the same time, here now, I started working with sexual energy and the womb. So it all kind of happened at the same time. I put the formulas together, a total of nine, beginning with the health aspect of it, which are the first three products that are out right now. A fourth is coming. Which one are the three ones? What do they address? So yeah, right now we have soft gels. They address hormonal balance and mood support. That's harmony. Then radiance supports uh, PMS and menopause symptoms per se, like bloating and cramping, more of the physical. And then serenity, it's for UTIs, urinary tract infections. The rest of the products are going to be, there's, there's going to be a breast balm that is coming soon. It's in the works. And then we're descending into the womb in a different way. So we're adding the sexual line of it. Yes. So there's a formula for, to support libido and vaginal dryness. And there's a formula for lube. And there's, you know, a few things that are coming on that are going to be fun because, yeah, pleasure, you know, it's the basis of healing. If you can commit yourself to feeling pleasure in everything you do, it's so much easier to touch the difficult parts of us. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, and the pleasure can like rise and transmute the pain. You know, it's not like pleasure in avoidance of the pain. It's like if you can bring the pleasure or even like, let's even take orgasm as an example. You bring the orgasm into the places you feel pain. You bring that pleasure there. Yes. And, and I mean, orgasms are incredible. If you, again, we're talking about intention, right? Right. If we connect with the energetic and the, that aspect of our womb and the self-healing power of it. An orgasm can, you can have the intention of manifesting something in your life. You can work with that energy and create worlds. And I really believe in that. I've been doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Goddess Well is a product of that. <laughs> so the ritual components. Yes. So... When taking the medicine, it's not just like popping a pill or using the breast balm. It's encouraged to really make it a little self-care ritual. We need to go farther than just popping the pill. This is like the magic and the beneficial. It's drinking and taking in the love of Mother Earth. Mm. Because everything is natural. CBD comes from the hemp plant. And then the other ingredients are all uh, derived from plants. Plants have magic in them. We come so far 
in the Western world from what we used to do as women, as, as healers, as caring for the community, for the illness, the whatever challenges the community went through, we use plants. And this is the same thing. If we can have the intention and understanding that we're, whatever we're taking in, it's really healing us and supporting us in the journey. In the morning, I sit in my sacred space and I do my meditation. Sometimes I drink lemon water. Sometimes, you know, I start my day that way. And it makes a difference. If you apply intention to anything, it's the difference between being unconscious and conscious. Attention, intention moves energy. And that's how your life will unfold, I believe. I agree. And I'm grateful for this product. I tried the hormonal one. And I've really been enjoying it. And I like, I feel it, but not in a way that's like overwhelming at all, but in a way where I just like can feel myself kind of settle deeper into my body, which I think is why it works. Cause it's like, you're more present to what is here. So yes. thank you. Oh my God. That is so exciting. I love to hear, you know, people talk about it. So Marcella, I know that we had a conversation before this and you had this wonderful idea to do a buy one, get one free for the Global Sisterhood community. Do you want to talk about that? Well, I thought that, you know, I feel so grateful and, and feeling grateful. It's awesome, you know, but I would love to give, you know, back to the sisterhood, the global sisterhood, time of the feminine, so I was thinking that buying one and getting one free will have the condition that you buy one for yourself and you give one to a sister. So everyone, if you would love to try the Goddess Well products and stay uh, tuned to the journey of all of the different products coming out and doing those rituals, you will have a buy one, get one free code in our show notes. And you can buy one for yourself and one for your sister. That's awesome. I'm excited about that. Yes. And I think that, I think that we should use the promo code should be sisterhood. That's okay. so appropriate. Okay. Sisterhood. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in Boulder, Colorado with my friends and they were all talking about this CBD THC lube. And you could only get it in Colorado at the time because it was legal there. Flora? And so, yeah, I think so. Uh -huh. So anyways, I went on this whole mission to go get this lube. And I had to go to like all these different, uh, wherever they sell weed, whatever they're called, those stores, to go find this product. Dispensary. There we go. So I found this product and I brought it back to San Diego. Meanwhile, I was like celibate. So I wasn't like using this product. <laughs> But it was like a good idea, and I kept it in my medicine cabinet. And it was during the pandemic. And during the pandemic, um, oh. so anyways, every morning I get up and I'm like, you, Marcella, I'm going to take a little CBD before I go to my meditation group, but I'm just going to settle into my body. It's so great. Meanwhile, I'm meeting at 6.30 a.m. So that morning I get up and I go to my medicine cabinet and I take my CBD and I go to meditation. And all of a sudden, in meditation, I'm starting to feel really high. 
And I start to kind of spiral. (laughs) And there's all these crazy things. I'm like downloading all this information. And I was like, oh, no. I took the lube. (laughs) I accidentally (laughs) took the lube. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm with a bunch of strangers. And it's 6.30 in the morning. And I'm stoned out of my mind. Tripping. (laughs) On lube. (laughs) So anyways. So I had to tell everyone that story because it's gold and it, every time anyone says cbd lube that's what i think of so i can't wait for yours <laughs> oh my goodness the things we do i'm telling you that is hilarious <laughs> when i told you that i in order to come back and reconnect with my sexual energy like i never had problems taking care of myself self-pleasuring but it was different we're talking about the intentionality, right? What's the intention here? And listen, we will do like rage sessions well, together with self-pleasuring where I will end up kicking like pillows and uh, doing all these crazy things because uh, we were processing trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And somatically, like bring it on. What do you feel, right? How does that make you, f- made you feel and all that? And, and then sit down after the whole thing. And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> it was very liberating, but we have to do all these crazy things. Buy the lube, use it. Like, drink you know, it. Uh, we do not drink this. it. Why not? <laughs> that is totally hilarious, Shana. <laughs> Yeah. I understand why the feminine has been called crazy by the patriarchy because honestly, when you have been put, like when we've been put in these domesticated boxes of like sitting pretty and talking a certain way and smiling and doing all these things, when you get the feminine together and we really do what we really do, what we need to do to heal, it is wild. (laughs) It is scary. Listen, I, yeah, I am a very, I consider myself to be a good person, right? I am loving and generous or whatever, but I'm intense and I I know my power. You do not be afraid of your power. That's something that I, you know, want to like really impress. God as well and everything I do, okay? My center, like the 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 cosmica, the center, it's all about women empowerment. And empowerment is not like, oh, I'm going to feel better. Oh, I'm going to heal. It's like, do not be afraid of your power. It's okay. It's okay to own it. And then, of course, we need to also address when it's in access, when you go into places they are not serving, right? So that balance, but Yeah. What's coming to me now, right, as you share all this and you shared the story of the screaming and the, you know, the self-pleasuring and the releasing is like how, why I'm excited about the ritual of goddess well is because sometimes I need something more than just myself, like to have the medicine of the CBD and the herbs change my energetic frequency enough for me to go into my womb and to really go into my body, like Shana was saying it helped her do, to have that assistance for me to travel more deeply 
and yes. have that support to meet the things inside because there's so much I've done so much womb work and there's there's more and I'm feeling like as I enter marriage as I enter into wanting to have children there's a lot of family karma and trauma that I'm releasing mm-hmm. from my body right now and the plant allies and especially the the marijuana plant the cannabis plant she's so feminine she's so alive she is the mother and being able to ingest her and you know with CBD obviously you won't be tripping out on lube like Shayna but you'll you'll feel the impact of support to travel yeah. and that's like sounding so yummy to me so just thank you for your care and your journey for women and i i i'm walking away with a lot of inspiration for myself today so so thank you Oh, you're welcome. I just want to say that it, it's uh, hemp derived. The CBD, it's from you know, the hemp plant, which is, you know, yeah. So we <laughs> say that when we say marijuana, people freak out and it's 0.03 THC. So it's not psychoactive at all. That's important to mention, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting. And, you know, the most important part is the ritual. And to get into the ritual, we need to bring the hard conversations. Going through menopause is not easy. Having a crazy menstrual cycle uh, is not easy. All these things, talking about sexuality, connecting with that, that powerful center, which is uh, the womb, it's, uh, it's a journey. Marcella, for our last and final question, if the goddess herself were to speak through you, what would she have you say? Have faith. Believe in me. I'm all around you. I'm inside you. I am you. So open your heart and your womb. Open to love and to receive. And so it is. And that's that, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, Marisela, so much for like who you are and how oh you've supported goodness. global sisterhood and how you're a force of nature and for everything that you're birthing. <laughs> I'm just like in major awe, gratitude. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hi, you're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you to all of you listeners. We love you so much. And we'll keep the details mentioned in this podcast in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Time in the Feminine podcast. It's so fun and such a privilege to have these conversations with these incredible guests. We ask that you follow them, support them, like their work, buy their books. And it's an even greater privilege and honor that you, sister, are listening. And so we want to give back to you. If this episode was meaningful, let us know by giving us a review and come join us in Circle. Every new moon, we have a donation-based circle. No woman is turned away. So come sit, show your face, listen, be a part of the community, and let us dive deeper and do this work together in action, in practice, together in sisterhood. And for those of you who are already holding space and want to dive deeper into this art, you are invited to take Sacred Facilitator or any of our facilitation programs that we have throughout the year. So go to globalsisterhood.org to learn more or follow us at the Global Sisterhood on Instagram. Episodes drop every single Thursday and we have some really beautiful episodes.
episodes in store. So until then, loves, much love and a big, big hug.